Welcome to Equestrian Movement's First Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our First Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling and husbandry for an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and today on the podcast I'm going to start our conversation with a confession and a story. So let's start with the confession. I have recently become fairly obsessed with Pokemon Go. (laughs) Oh man, I'm addicted. Hey, I just want to go around and catch Pokemon and battle at gyms. (laughs) Uh, It's a bit embarrassing, but it's fun. So when we were over Christmas, we went up to Townsville to spend time and Christmas with our family, and uh, the kids all got Pokemon cards for Christmas and uh, doing like the card exchange and game that comes with it and whatnot. And, uh, and so Finn started to get really interested in Pokemon as well. I was like, oh, you know what these kids will love is if I downloaded Pokemon Go and we went around and cat- caught Pokemon together. And I have since become a favorite auntie because we can go around with my phone and catch Pokemon. And um, Finn absolutely loves it. Anytime we go to like different areas where there's going to be a lot of Pokemon around, he wants me to get my phone out so we can see what Pokemon there and we can catch them and whatnot. So, (laughs) long story short, now I'm also obsessed. (laughs) But they have introduced this like new part of Pokemon Go where you can have a Pokemon buddy. And so this Pokemon buddy is um, a Pokemon of your choice that gets to be outside of its little ball and hangs out with you as you walk around and, and go to different places. And you earn love and affection and like relationship points with your little Pokemon buddy with different activities that you do with it. So the activities are going for a walk together, giving them a treat, playing together, battling together so you can battle um, Rocket League or you can battle at the gyms with that Pokemon and you earn like relationship points take a selfie with it take a photo with it so that's a particular part that the kids love because you can like have him on the screen and you can take a photo it looks like they're holding him or they're hugging him or you know whatever they want to do with him and then visiting a new place together and so Sarah and I just recently had one of our catch-ups. I was like, oh my God, Sarah, I am obsessed with Pokemon Go. 
But this like new feature that they've had since we last played, well, she's not played since I last played it. <laughs> Let's not rope her into my addiction as well. Uh, this new feature that they have since I last played it is basically our holistic horse handling skills. <laughs> We're building a friendship with your Pokemon buddy. <laughs> and the, the concept is just it's universal so i was talking going through that list with sarah and sarah was like so basically you're taking your pokemon out on dates <laughs> like yes i'm dating <laughs> i'm dating these pokemon <laughs> and earning relationship points with them based on how much time i spend with them <laughs> so that that brought us to this idea of you know do you date your horse like it does and not it's not like a, a relationship kind of dating but you do these same things when you're establishing friendships with with new people right like you go and you meet up for coffee and you want to go to different places and like do something new and you know you might like it's any time that i've spent time with people just going for a walk you always kind of get into you know the meat of of a conversation the nitty-gritty like the deeper meaningfuls where you kind of share what you're going through at a moment and you talk about it together and you know that in itself can be very empowering for you to kind of like get it out there and get it off your chest but it really brings walls down within the relationship by sharing vulnerable information about yourself so <clears throat> while we don't take our horses into battle and, and battle together, um, you know, we can still think about it as training, right? As, you know, the different things that we do with our horses in in regards to, to training to build their skills. So I just really liked, you know, how comprehensive <laughs> these, like, these buddy lists were um, and how like much they resemble what we do with our connection skills and our relationship and rapport building work. It's like different ways of spending time together to help build that rapport. And I think it's really important to recognize that if all you ever do together is train, then that's the quality of the relationship that you're building together. So, you know, there are other things that you can be doing with your horse and other ways you can experience like the different aspects of their personality. And part of it is having the skills for it to be possible to do safely. So, for example, if you're going to go for a walk with your horse and you're going to go visit a new place, then you want to make sure that you have your confidence through curiosity skills. You want to make sure that you have your open lines of communication skills so that you're not putting yourself and your horse into these potentially, like, you know, really lovely interactions together. And you're not potentially creating a really detrimental experience to your horse because it's too overwhelming and it's too scary for them and neither you nor the skills have nor the horse have the skills to manage that actual situation. So that's when you're gonna look at, you know, your training together as, you know, that training experience is leading up towards these more exciting adventures that you're gonna have together. And you might take them out on a small adventure first and just test the waters. Are they ready? Are they coping? And that's where we wanna have 
you know, some of our um, emotional agility skills in place and we want to have those communication skills in place. We want to have that psychological safety in place that our horse can tell us and we can read the, the signals from them of whether, yep, like I really enjoyed this experience or no I'm really overwhelmed we need to do some more practice we need to do some more training to get there so it's just like different ways of interacting with your horse to get to know those like different parts of their personality the other part of it is when you first get your horse like in the beginning you don't know them and and they don't know you and the first year is that getting to know you phase like what do they do when they're stressed what do they do when they're overwhelmed what do they do when they don't know what the right answer is what do they do when they can't do what you're asking them to do what do they do if they're just unhappy for the day like if they've just had a bad day and they just don't really want to work on that day how can you shift them into a more positive emotional state what kinds of things do they enjoy what kinds of things do they not enjoy so even to that point like when we're working with the schoolies on our holistic horse handling um, skills, when we do our games, some of the horses like get really jazzed about kicking the ball, whereas other horses don't really love it and they get really jazzed about um, playing with the dog toy and the squeaky toy. So it's like getting to know, is your horse mouthy or do they prefer to do things with their legs? So different aspects of their personality are going to and diff, like having some some flexibility it's so like just in the industry drill 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 arena work arena work arena work performance 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 like you just get so bent out of shape doing this drill work that is like just boring and tedious and frustrating and you know we want to <laughs> why we got horses in the first place like we got horses because of the freedom of spirit and then we're trying to like conform them into this like box that they have to live within the rules of like no we're the ones putting that on them we want to experience the freedom that they have so you want to be able to try lots of different things with your horse without like overwhelming them by constantly changing things so that you get to know them better you get to know like what it looks like when they're getting close to the threshold what it looks like when they tip over how do you regulate it how do you just support them to keep them under threshold you know, the, the first things that I want to know about a horse when I'm working with it is like, what's it look like when they're not coping and what do they do when they can't cope? And then what does it look like if they're, you know, how, how to bring them back in and how to bring them back down. So I, I don't, uh, I used to, like when I first started training, that would be the first thing I'd do is like, what, what pushes them over threshold and, and what do they do so I knew what I was in for but now I don't really go there because you don't need to and like what if you do our connection series trainings of like eye contact following the feet um you know different body language cues you have more subtle cues to read so that you don't have to get them over threshold for them to tell you that they're not coping and, and they're not enjoying what what you're doing and so what does it look like you know and when you first work with these horses 
they might not have relaxation they might not have known it previously like they might have been in a situation where they can't relax or it can be because they've been moved into a new situation they don't feel safe in their new environment they don't know you well enough to relax around you so what does that relaxation cues look like with you and that horse in their new environment and then can you take it deeper so these is like the stages of dating your horse basically getting to know them that first year is all just getting to know each other and you know what, if you're at that point where you're like, I actually don't think I like my horse, like I think our personalities just clash, it is okay to find them somebody that they gel with well. You have two options. You do the work on yourself to be a personality that doesn't clash with your horse's personality finding a way to work through that issue within yourself and therefore work through that issue within the horse but recognizing that that is potentially like a constitution of theirs it's potentially their genetic makeup to be that way and if it really just consistently rubs you the wrong way so that neither of you can enjoy each other I have had students that have just decided look this horse like is lovely but our personalities just don't gel and that's okay like unless you're a trainer that needs to work with all horses basically it's okay to to find a personality type that you really just don't gel with and to find somebody who's more suited to that horse because what happens from that first year is it just it gets more like highlighted those aspects of the personality that you don't like and you have to build more of a this is okay <laughs> towards <clears throat> you know that that aspect of, of your horse so an example of that with me and Fiddy is um, you know when Fiddy doesn't know what the answer is he gets frustrated and that frustration can escalate to him getting angry and that anger can escalate towards him like lashing out at me if I'm the one that is putting him under that pressure and you know what that is part of my personality I get frustrated quickly and when I get frustrated I get angry when I get angry I get like I don't really get aggressive but I get short and stroppy basically like you'll know if I'm frustrated because I'm like I don't want to deal with this I don't want to talk to you I'll have my resting bitch face on and <laughs> nobody wants to talk to me so you know, I've done a lot of work on that part of myself to be able to soften that. And as a result, Fiddy and I have learned to see it in each other so that we can work better together and we can like regulate that escalating frustration better together. But I'm never going to not be who I am. And Fiddy's never not going to be who he is. So you know you're going to like put yourself into these situations where you like want to go out um you know on a trail ride or to a show or something and the thing that annoys you at home is going to annoy you when you're out as well the thing that they do that just irks you or stresses you or scares you or makes you anxious that is part of their personality 
it's just going to be exacerbated when we challenge the environment, when we challenge what they understand and are saying, let's learn something new. Like under periods of stress, that's when those parts come out and that's what our emotional agility is, is being able to see ice or say, I see you're frustrated. I know how to manage frustration. This is what we're going to do. And then we're going to move forward without frustration and learning is going to be fun. We're going to finish on a positive note, feeling like we could have done more. And that's, you know, that's what your relationship dynamics are is being able to still do the things that you want to do, fully accepting your horse, <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly, but also fully accepting yourself and f for who you are with your horse. It doesn't mean like we don't ever stop working on those things. Um, and then if you work with a different horse, it's going to be a whole new set of things that you're working on that comes up with that horse. But this is, you know, what relationships look like. And so the longer you are with that one horse you know you're kind of gonna start getting comfortable with them doing their little quirks they get comfortable with you getting your little quirks and that's where we can build in the secure attachments and the psychological safety where it's safe for them to be who they are and it's safe for you to be who you are and for both of you to be feeling confident in each other if even though you have your flaws, everybody has their personality flaws that are going to come up in training. Every horse has their, you know, little quirks that we're going to, you know, the more we allow them to be themselves, the more we bring those armors and those walls down with our horse, the more we're going to see the weird little quirks. That's my favorite thing about this is we get to really know who the horse is and we get to see those little funny things that they do that is just a bit <laughs> classic of that horse to do that and then you know you spend a lifetime together and they become your heart horse is like I love you even though I can't catch you <laughs> this is me and, Fit and King right is like King had experienced so much trauma before I had got him um and I didn't have the skills that I have now and I didn't understand you know any of the stuff that we talk about now and I do wonder if I you know, how much more I could have provided for him if I had known these things, but we do the best with what we have. And, you know, he, he had to approach him so perfectly for him to feel safe and know the outcome was that he wasn't going to get hurt. You had, otherwise you couldn't catch him. And if you put one step wrong in how you approached him, you just weren't going to be catching him that day. And, you know, just little things where he never truly felt safe to relax and felt safe around me. But we had a working relationship where I, I loved him with all of my art. I still do. And it's, he's one of, you know, the best things that's happened in my life and, and to me. And he's shaped who, who I am today and he's shaped my purpose. I don't think that I would be as invested in horses and horse riding and why you ride and, and why you work with horses if it, if it wasn't for King because he was the one that, you know, showed me the personality behind the behaviours 
and he was the one that confirmed to me that you know we the ribbons and the percentages and the judges comments aren't what makes this experience worth doing it's like you know getting such a intimate and deep connection with another being that they see you for who you are and you see them for who who they are like I think there's so many people that go through life that never truly get to experience that because of their hang-ups and their experiences that limit the potential for what they have to experience and it's such a beautiful gift that the horses give us to see us for who we are and you know to encourage us to do better (laughs) because we don't want to keep falling off of them (laughs) I think it's such a beautiful gift that they give us to see us for who who we are and allow us to be the best versions of ourselves um, so that we can have such a beautiful vulnerable connection with them like there is nothing that you are going to trust like the way that you trust a horse because they can turn around and put you in hospital at any second they can you know trip and fall over and crush you they can you know buck you off and put you in hospital there's so much trust required to have um, you know that feeling of safety and security between a horse and a rider it's that level of trust that creates the intimacy of the relationship and it's the intimacy of the relationship that we get to see each other for who we truly are and not see our armor and our conditioning and our walls and you know our faces that we put on to fit into our social engagements and whatnot so uh, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation and my new latest addiction to Pokemon Go. I <laughs> uh, would love to hear your experiences with your heart horse and, you know, um, would love you to share pictures of them even. You know, that's one of our favourite things is to see your horses. would love to hear the stories of, like, being able to peel back that armour with your horse and seeing them truly blossom for who they are. Um, share them in our Stronger Bond community. The link to join is in the show notes. Until next time, happy trails. If you're loving what you're listening to on the podcast, you might be starting to recognize that trying to control your horse through submission-based training is the worst way to ask your horse to look after you. If you're working with or riding horses, you know how unpredictable and sometimes scary they can be. Unfortunately, most struggling horse riders make the mistake of thinking they can physically control their 400 plus kilo fur babies by moving their feet or spooking them into responding with flags and join up. Without giving your horse a reason to care about you and look after you, you will most likely end up with a horse that is disconnected at best, shut down or explosive at worst because they can't communicate their needs with you. Especially if you are already scared, worried or nervous handling your horse. That's why we've created our new free online training experience, Building a Connection with Your Horse. This is how I've gone about creating safe horses for beginners, no matter the breed or previous handling experiences. If you want to learn the secret source behind developing safe horses, 
that care about you and look after you without trauma triggering training methods, register for our new training today at www.equestriummovement.com forward slash connection and I will uncover the three big mistakes you might be making if you're trying to build a relationship with your horse and how you can start building your horse's trust and confidence in you as a leader worth following.